Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Time Extend. My name is Adam Ismail, and joining me today is Brendan Rorison. But um, we've got another guest cast for everyone today, and it's a return of a guest we've had on before. Um, surprisingly, we discussed very little of one of the most exciting series that he's worked on. But Paul, it's great to have you back. Hi, uh, thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Yes, Paul Lavelle of of Codemasters. You forgot that part, Brendan. We have to. <laughs> of course, we're it's, too it's critical. Now, that's the issue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the first name, on the first name basis. First name basis. Now that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, uh, we we had you on the first time we had you on, Paul. We we talked about Sega Rally Revo predominantly because you worked on that game, and uh, we all love it, and it was a great time. But the beginning of that show, we were kind of talking about your history before that, uh, and it involved a little series called Colin McRae Rally that uh, you know not many people know about, uh, and we figured it would be good to uh, revisit that because we've never done a show just on CMR. Um, you know, I think we're going to focus on on the ones that you worked on. You start working on on three, correct? That was your first game. Uh, That's right, three as a, as, a, as a level designer, yeah. And it was yeah. um, that was kind of mid project at that point. Um, I just got got the job as a level designer on the team, and it was you're on to Finland straight away. So we got into a room with an art with a, an artist, and we had a massive piece of paper, and we kind of drew out a very rough. Kind of almost like a snake would draw on the track of a piece of paper of of what the track would look like and where the scenes would be. So it'd be like, oh, it was going to have a lake here, and you'd go to like a, a farm or a, a water tower, and, and these this would be this type of forest and that type of forest and these surfaces. And then the artists would then go, they, would, they would then go away and build those assets. And at the same time, we would go away and start building the track, the track layout. Uh, so, um, so yeah, you start with a ribbon of the track, the rough layout, and that would go through a quite a Quite a tough review process of getting, obviously, making sure the track felt unique to uh, Finland or Sweden or whatever country you're in, but obviously consistent with the rest of the game, uh, and making it feel yeah. Obviously, and the car, the focus at the time was already um, was set up, so it was obviously making it feel right with the uh, the car and the track together. So it was all sort of in unison, and yeah, and you, we were off making making Finland for uh, for Colin for Colin three. It was cool. I like that you were thrown into uh, the most intimidating uh, rally that exists, <laughs> yeah. um, just right off the bat. And the one that, you know, when I first played this game and I was a kid, uh, Colin McRae Rally Three. This game came out um, end of end of O two, early O three in, in Europe and America. Um, this was like the first time I had ever play the real rally game and, and known what rally was really about i remember around this time i was catching like the highlights uh reel of the wrc that they would play on speed network uh right. which was the motorsport channel here so before this all i knew about rallying was um uh sega rally essentially and what right. i played of like rally sport challenge and stuff like that and what was in gran turismo and this was this was the real deal uh and i i didn't know how infamous Finland was going into the game, but when I think back to, you know, the the uh, rally that I struggled the most with as a kid, it was definitely your stages. So, so thank you for resulting in a few broken controllers in my life. <laughs> well, once it feel authentic with the, the trees right. so close to the track and the rocks and stuff, yeah. But that, that was the thing it was all about creating the authentic 
like a accessible experience you know kind of making it feel like you're driving is you know what you and you you know driving is really fast rally cars through these tight stages but it was kind of easy to play easy to get into you could play with a controller uh, and it was the kind of that middle of the range balanced uh, balanced game like it's kind of like Gran Turismo, right? It's in, it's in the middle of. It feels like a simulation, but it's it's kind of doing a little bit for you behind the scenes. But it doesn't feel like a neutralized experience. It feels authentic. Uh, and I didn't want to make the hardest game in the world and say, you know, is or feel feel realistic. That was one of the things I was actually going to ask. So when you're you're kind of creating these tracks and deciding how challenging they'll be and picturing almost what will appear in the game. How much do you actually look at the kind of real-life inspiration for these locations? Are you looking at the WRC tracks at the time? Are you actually considering that location? Or is it very much you, you work from what you would... You would work from the essence of what Finland should be as a rally and then maybe drop in real-world elements from there? Or is it more actually kind of dictated by the real-life stages and stuff than you would expect? Uh, kind of a bit of both. We had... Uh... We had like a um, a research area where I had a, a video a video player VHS player and you'd watch re, uh, oh, well. video yeah that far back <laughs> video of uh, the rallies and then videos of the um, the research trips they did to all these countries so there's a very slow a slow car moving around shooting on a camcorder around Finland and then at the same time you'd watch the um, on similar roads to that were raced for real and then uh, and then looking at the footage yeah so it was kind of making it making it feel that authentic experience. Uh, yeah, so it's that's, that's how kind of that worked out. Yeah, I mean, I always wonder if, like, for the team creating a rally experience, like, yeah, you say you're not going for that kind of neutralised full sim experience, um, so that the creativity that you guys can put in the tracks is great. Um, would it have been preferable to use like real life stages, or do you feel as if the kind of the Colin McRae series really stood out in some ways because you were able to kind of add that kind of Codemasters specialty to these locations? Yeah, I think that's what 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 was kind of the lightning in the bottle with the game. It was, I mean, Kermas's tagline at the time was pure gameplay. It really was that. It was all about that. Creating. We had our philosophy on the track design was all of like creative, challenging, create challenging but fair, fun, memorable experiences. So something that is going to offer the player a lot of challenge, kind of like the real world. But also, obviously, our level designers were specifically designed for building these exact routes and these corners and how how your car would go into the berms and over the bumps and jumps and all that sort of stuff and yeah so i guess we didn't have we, we didn't because we always looked at the wrc games because they the sony ones at the time because they could um they had the massive draw distances and stuff like that and we, uh, we didn't we couldn't do that sort of stuff we could have the really tight corners and gameplay through forests and uh, like villages and all that sort of stuff so i think that's where we sort of played to our advantage really that's an interesting point because I remember I was doing research on the WRC, the Evolution Studios games, uh, a while back, and uh, more recently I finally got a chance to play WRC Four. I believe was the one I, I imported, and that's a great game. Uh, the first one is kind of weird because it doesn't; it almost feels like a beta for something. Uh, it was obviously like very early in like the PS2 lifespan. I don't really think there's that much impressive about it or worth going back to, but the draw distances are really, really impressive. Yeah. Uh, I feel like the trade-off to that, though, is, like you're saying, uh, the stages in, in, those, in that game, particular, particularly in the first one, uh, just, just kind of bland, um, not a lot of detail, not a lot of scenery, um, 
the the design just leaves something to be desired and that was something that struck me immediately uh even going back you know today and playing three four and five um it, it really feels like each location has a personality and i think that speaks to you know the fact that you worked on finland uh being outside the industry and everything i didn't know that you know sort of designers uh uh, sort of headed up separate locations and and that almost like yeah. adds to the the unique personality that each one has mm-hmm. it definitely shows yeah and, and at the same time you've got to kind of remain consistent across the game as well otherwise obviously you'd have this weird experience so the level designers are always playing each other's tracks um and obviously we're in it i think there's six of us on rally three i think there's six six seven of us yeah so we're a really tight little tight little team or level designers yeah so it was it was always wanted to remain yeah consistent but like you say have each track had to have its personality and feel and feel authentic like so snow to sweden will have its snow banks and whatnot and like uh, the, the usa track would be all the hairpins kind of going up through the mountains and stuff like that so yeah it's it cool i remember you were saying there was one part of uh, one stage in finland where there's this corner and you can kind of see a road in the distance and then that leads to like this sort of uh long uh right hander or something like that like not quite a hairpin but just a very long corner and then you sort of end up going back in the direction that, that you had been facing so you sort of see like yeah, right. both sides of the road i remember you talking about that so i i went and i played um oh five and found it and i was like oh that's cool this this must be what paul was mentioning yeah it would have um, been yeah it's cool. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that, uh, that was kind of always the intention was because when we added network game to i think it was four or five we added online um so you could see other cars in the distance or behind or ne- near you so, and i thought it was always a really cool sort of nice little trick that if, the, if that car was ahead of you you could call, sort of see him coming back towards you again because of the hairpin yeah that was pretty cool <laughs> yeah that's awesome so yeah, I, I guess to, to focus on three in in particular, um, and we we're talking a little bit about this before the show. Uh, I think what Codemasters did with this game was pretty smart because, um, as you guys were saying, they uh, they focus on this was like the Colin experience of the franchise, right? The career mode yep. was um, yep. you were playing as Colin. Uh, you had that lovely 3D model of him just hanging out around the uh, the service park. <laughs> That's right. Uh, it was. I mean, it was really impressive <laughs> yeah. for the time. Um, yeah. And and you had his, uh, you know, obviously uh, famous at the time focus that's on the cover of the game. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I'm going back. I'm looking at some reviews, and and there was a lot of criticism. I thought this game was like universally loved has always been loved has always been respected and maybe within like the the racing community it is but like i stumbled upon a euro gamer review from the time that was just like tearing this game apart because like you could only drive the focus in the career mode and there wasn't enough right. content and all this stuff and <laughs> i just i don't know I, I i guess i understand um why it would be annoying that you wouldn't have the full choice of all of the vehicles but at the same time there is a personality and like a context of Colin McRae 3 that doesn't exist with the other games. And like, I, I think my favorite would have to be 05, right? Cause it, it, it had everything at that point. You right. guys, you guys had so much content, but when I think about the one that had the most emotional impact, partly because it was the first one I played, but just also because of the design it's three. And then just the idea that you were Colin, you know, this was your career and that's, no game ever really did that you know a lot of games have their their 
uh, you know, sponsored or endorsed by a driver, but or or an athlete, but the game has nothing to do with that that person. Uh, and and Colin McRae Rally Three, I think, is is an example of how that can be done right, definitely for the time. Uh, but would it would be cool to see that again? Yeah, it, it just definitely added that personality to it, didn't it? That this is your 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 rally life going through these stages and your your team and you'd like you know you look after your car and whatnot. Yeah, and I guess if it just let you pick any car, yeah, it would have lost that. But um, you're right, it did get it did get criticism at the time. I'd forgotten that until you until you mentioned it before the show. But yeah, yeah, it did. I remember the Eurogamer <laughs> review as well. Yeah, this Eurogamer <laughs> review is brutal, man. It's it's absolutely brutal. And like it it there are so many things. Like I remember. Uh, the first time I heard about this game, there was this show uh, in America called, uh, it's pretty famous, so you guys probably know about it, X-Play, and that's where Adam Sessler was yeah. from. Right, um, okay. I think this was like the predecessor to X-Play, it was called something else, but I remember seeing like a clip of it on this show when I was really little, and just like... They're talking about like the Ford Focus and this game has 3,000 polygons. It's like, oh my God, 3,000 polygons. But like yeah. it was a beautiful car model like you could see through the windows you could see inside the car from outside the car the damage was incredible like this game looked like this was one of the first games i remember thinking like this is truly like what this generation can offer like before we were kind of you know approaching it obviously gran turismo 3 was like yeah okay this is a next gen game but like sure. this was that for rally games um but i'm going through and there are just so many <laughs> complaints in this review about how like um you, you you made a mistake choosing the ps2 as your lead console which i don't know if that was true or not you can you can validate that but they evidently think you did <laughs> and um saying that you were outsmarted by uh, the official wrc game which i really don't think you were that that first wrc game is not very good uh no land support no internet multiplayer they're tearing you apart paul defend yourself <laughs> <laughs> um, so PS2 was a lead platform, I think. Yeah, okay. um, but I guess PS2 was and play, the original PlayStation was obviously enormous, so it made yeah. sense to, <laughs> for PS2 to be lead platform. But the Xbox version wasn't. I think what that was one of the questions on Twitter was actually about the Xbox version, and they were very similar. I think the Xbox could draw more stuff, but the PS2 could draw things faster, and it was better yes. at stuff like it was more efficient at stuff like fill rate, yeah. uh, which became more relevant. Um, Evident, excuse me, uh, in Rally Four when we had the uh, procedural grass, uh, whereas the PS2 would, would draw it fine and it would run at 60 frames a second, 50 frames because it was PAL. Uh, whereas the Xbox One would struggle and drop frames and stuff, so it, would, it was optimized. But in the end, they were kind of balanced, I think. I th and I think I was thinking about this: the Xbox One might have had higher res textures than the PS2, or better anti-aliasing or something. But they were very similar. Yeah, they're very similar. That's a very interesting point because I always remember. Um, there was this interview with uh, Kaz from years ago talking about like why was the PS2 such a great console to develop for and it was funnily enough I think it was during an interview for GT6 and he was basically shitting on the PS3 and then he was like <laughs> the PS2 was amazing because of the fill rate the fill rate was just like we could do whatever the hell we wanted that he he attributed like the heat haze effect in like yeah. Seattle to to being able to do that and obviously I have no te technical knowledge of this stuff but it's interesting to hear you say that as well because I think yeah. a lot of people uh, on the outside who were just playing these games always heard like the Xbox is the most powerful. The Xbox is the most powerful. And like I had CMR three on the Xbox, um, so I never even thought you know uh, if this is something that the PS two could do. Hell, I didn't even know there was a PS two uh, port of the game 
that released in North America until recently. I, I found it in the store recently, and I was like, okay, that's weird. Yeah. It's yeah. such an Xbox game to me. <laughs> yeah, it came out later, and we had... I remember we finished we finished the PAL version, the European version of um, of 3, and then we and then we had to optimize, and then we went, we're, like, we're doing the NTSE version now, which is obviously for America and Japan, and we had to kind of... Re- we spent all these months optimizing the game to run at 50 frames a second, uh, and then we had to optimize the game to run at 60 frames a second for, for PS2, yeah. For PS2 America, yeah. And so <laughs> that took a while. But yeah. And I think and I guess the benefit of the Xbox there was that it was already running at 60 frames a second in, on, for PAL, because it had PAL 60 internally. Uh, whereas PS2 didn't. Um so yeah, that was that was a fun time. That took a while to do that, but yeah. It does seem as if people were being like incredibly harsh on the game back then as well, because even just bringing it back to the kind of game design point of view, the the Colin McRae kind of driven career mode was pretty a, a pretty cool idea, and it's not like it was the only Codemasters game around about that time that was also exploring the idea of the the elusive driver journey phrase that gets churned out in the industry every so often because yeah. Talk a Race Driver was also kind of That's right. exploring yeah. that in a bit more kind of concrete effort. But I think the the Colin McRae approach was really interesting because it was a specific driver and like the, the full focus is almost treated as like a deity within the game. <laughs> Since like you've got that incredibly high model de- like definition yeah. car, all the cool promo shots I think we've talked about before. Right. I think it was a, a good idea really because obviously with Colin McRae Rally 2.0, the team had, let's be honest, kind of perfected that style of rally game after two. It made sense to think about something else and... <laughs> moving to that kind of transition to the next gen and stuff as well. Um, often it seems like developers and publishers want to try and chase something a bit different and at least even if it was viewed as being limited at the time, much like um, a lot of games from that era get kind of scrutinised for not including like damage models and stuff even when it would make much sense. I think like looking back, like Adam was saying, it's possible somebody would have more emotional attachment to free than the other iterations purely because of that kind of Colin McRae mode and the, the kind yeah. of the overall style of the game. Yeah, I think that's it. You got attached to the team and you felt more important because you were you were him and you didn't you know and you were in the focus and you and Nikki were going along through all these stages and countries and it yeah. It just felt like a more emotional experience, you're right. It did. It's cool. Yeah, and in terms of what the kind of finished article looked like as well, and of course you don't have to answer this if you, if you can't, Paul, but um, <laughs> were there any kind of other ideas that you guys had, even at that kind of idea phase about that call in life that didn't quite make it to the finished product, or was that kind of what you guys expected, what was released ultimately? I think there were some initial ideas regarding talking to the people of the team, uh, but um, like your mechanic maybe or something like that, but uh, not really, no. It was kind of, that was a vision for it, and it, I think it was... It made the cut in the end to the to what was the original plan originally planned. It's interesting because uh, also <laughs> referencing uh, the the WRC games on PS2, I remember that they had this very ambitious plan because they had the official WRC license. They were going to put like commercials in between stages, like you were watching the rally on TV, oh, wow. uh, and they were going to have this very very deep television presentation. And none of that made it to the final game. Um, I don't remember that at all. Which, uh, yeah, I was, I came across it. It It's actually an old story I wrote for GT Planet uh, just on that first WRC game. And I had uh, found an Edge article. And it was this long, like, how Edge used to do those phenomenal, like, four-page interviews 
uh, yeah. on games, and and it was with the the lead designer behind that game, and he was like, yeah, we want, we really want to do a TV experience, and of course, this was a time when the idea of a of a television commercial being in a video game was cool. It, it legitimized <laughs> the presentation, whereas you know today right. we we would scream. Um, <laughs> so it's it's probably a good thing that they make it to the final game, but yeah, That's it's interesting. it's interesting how. Um, you know, developers tried to tried to sort of deepen that connection, and you know, I don't, I, I honestly always think like um, maybe maybe a TV advert's not so much, but like the talking to the teammates, talking to the media, that kind of stuff. Like I, I always enjoy that in the F one games. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, I, I wouldn't yeah. hell, I wouldn't mind the game that like really fleshed it out and made it some sort of weird RPG component. Like I always think that stuff is really cool, but a lot of people consider that a distraction. So. <laughs> um yeah paul there I'm, I'm sorry I'm, I'm going through these euro gamer comments i don't know it's so funny because <laughs> yeah. so many of the comments here um are like the same comments i remember reading when like the first dirt came out where it's just codemasters isn't the codies they used to be and stuff like that and it's just like it just goes to show how much of of history is cyclical and uh what people complain about in the moment 10 years from now they'll be saying was a masterpiece because that's just the way it is that's right yeah <laughs> i think majority of the reviews at the time are very positive and yeah, they, yeah obviously, yeah. obviously the, the uh the discord that you guys you know the, the community when i think it was when i first met, met fernando and he was saying about how much he loved cmr3 it was one of his favorite racing games of all time apart from enthusia of course uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, i was like oh that's re that's really cool to hear like another person say that and then uh, i think even today there was a discussion on colin mccray ready three on on the, in the coders section uh, and it's it's le it's really nice to see that and people remember you know talking about the game in such a positive thing it's it's lovely it's cool it's like oh yeah we the game was wicked. It was, and it was a long time ago. It was like nearly twenty years ago now. Yeah, so. and I don't mean to. I just to clarify, I all this roasting is in jest because there are <laughs> yeah, there course, are many yeah. there are many other reviews <laughs> that are they're very positive. I think IGN had yeah. a super positive review and like so. So yeah, I mean we can all agree it's an amazing game. Um, how much, uh, Brendan? You you were talking about like Rally Sport, Richard Burns Rally, some of the air games. Um, I think this yeah. is always a question that's that's asked to like developers. It's uh, and maybe reflects some you know what we don't know, not working in the industry. But like, yeah, how aware were you of those other games? And you know, were there things that you picked up on if you played? I guess it was it was right up when those games were all these games were being developed at the same time. So perhaps there was no way yeah. you could have really experienced or known. But like, maybe after CMR three came out, you're sort of seeing what everyone else is doing were, were there things that you know rally sport rbr other titles that that really spoke to you where you're like yeah that's you know they did something well maybe we could do a little bit better or just kind of push the envelope or were you guys just sort of focused and like you know this is our roadmap this is what we want to do and this is what we're going to do uh, we were focused but we obviously always looked at those games and were very aware of them and when yeah. I, th I was trying to think when it was like even when shocks came out we got it in everyone was playing it and uh and Richard Burns Rally was obviously was an amazing game. There's still a very popular modern community on that game now. I think um, that was obviously much more towards the sim end of things. And uh, but I think WRC was always the one we looked at each year, you know. And all the, it was like, oh, they've got the exploding car model, you know, the um, in, the, in the front end. They've got the Chemical Brothers music and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> uh, and I think uh, they always looked at things like the network game. I can't remember who got the network game first, but that was always our intention to go with going forward. I think it was Rally Four that had internet play and stuff uh yeah. 
yeah so yeah we always looked at them and there was with and they're always they're all amazing games as well so it was cool but we're all kind of doing our own thing and i don't think anyone stepped on each other's toes either because obviously Bradley Sport challenge was super arcadey and richard burns with the with, was the other end and us and wrc kind of sat in the middle uh and like we we're saying but we're different from each other so it was pretty cool the funny thing is because rbr didn't get a console release in this country right uh I, I feel like the dialogue around CMR at the time, at least here, was very much like this is the most realistic game that could ever possibly exist. Like it was, <laughs> it was really considered like it's funny. It's funny to hear you guys kind of put place it somewhere in like the the middle of the spectrum because to me this was always like it was the same dialogue with Toka as well. It's just like yeah, if you right. think Gran yeah. Turismo is real, just play Toka Race Driver and you know, right? Yeah, they'll show you what true pain is. <laughs> I think Richard Burns came out on Xbox over here, pretty sure. Do you remember Burns? Maybe it was PC. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, I think, I think we, we definitely yeah. got an Xbox one because that mm. was one of the... Like, even for... This was when the racing genre was arguably at its peak in terms of mainstream popularity because anybody I know that had an Xbox would always kind of flag wave Richard Burns Rally because it's like, oh, you, you PlayStation 2 people can't even handle this game, so no wonder it isn't on PlayStation. Yes, right, you have Gran Turismo <laughs> with, with no damage and all that, all that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah, that is it, 100%. So I think, like, um, that game must have done pretty well because even back thinking, like, as much as I can remember anyway, you, you definitely had a lot of Xbox owners picking that up and um, it, it was just so far in that kind of simulation spectrum that you just can't imagine the equivalent nowadays of something like a Settle Corsa ever having that kind of mainstream popularity. But I think right. that says a lot about what, ironically, I suppose Colin McRae had done for Rally in general <laughs> within that time period. Yeah, I think it got people into it, didn't it? And then they wanted more. In between in between Colin coming out, ever, that Richard Burns was around and in the like Rally Sport halfway through the, or through the year or whatever. So yeah, I guess it kept got people interested in rallying. Which is pretty cool. We we really got um, the short end of the sick over here because, like I said, we we didn't get RBR on console. Um, we didn't get the WRC games after that first one. So yeah, Colin McRae really was it, which was fine. I mean, it was obviously, in my opinion, you know, the best of the bunch. Um, but yeah, damn, all the rally games we missed out on. Every now and then, there would be like like WRC appeared on the PSP one year. And like right. we got that one, but we didn't get any of the console ones. And then uh, we didn't get the. Um, I don't think we got the 2005 PSP port, which is a really good PSP port. Like mm -hmm. that's that's basically the console game on the PSP. Yeah. yeah. Uh, damn. Well, anyway. Um, that, yes. that would never happen now, right? It would just all the game like they just release everywhere, I guess. But yeah. Yeah, I, and and I guess with like. Um, you know, online marketplaces and stuff like that. Uh, and also, I feel like just more money being industry, everything being more global and and stuff, it's like we'd be missing out on a massive chunk of the market if we didn't release mm -hmm. uh, a port of this game in America, even if America is not like a rallying market. Um, I, I would go so far as to say probably WRC, less people... Not that like rallying was ever like a mainstream thing here, but I would argue it's less of a mainstream thing here now than it was in like 2002 or 2003. So, but we still get like the, you know, the the Kyloton WRC games are pretty good. So, yeah, 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 it all works out in the end. Um, yeah. So, 
you know, we, we don't necessarily have to go through this game by game. I did want to focus a lot on 3, because, you know, 3 was kind of the start of it all. Uh, to be honest, my memory gets fuzzy going into 4, simply because... I, 4 is the one I don't go back to, because it's in that weird middle ground where, like... Yes, I have more content than 3, but as I was saying, for me, the in terms of personality and stuff, like... When I want to go back to those memories, I go back to three. And when I want to experience all of the content that this this era had, I go to five. So four is kind of in this like middle ground where it's not the one I revisit. Um, but yeah, maybe like just sort of what you guys want to uh, improve upon year to year, and you can you know you can include five in that too, and just like uh, what the what the ambition was as, as you move forward with that. Uh, franchise, especially because I feel like you know the first the first game of any franchise on the new console is usually the one that's like sort of scaled back in terms of content, right? It's the one mm. that you you have a little bit less time to develop. So, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, so four, yeah, obviously with three up and running. It was it was right. Everyone we're releasing in a, in a year. Off you go and make some more tracks. And we didn't release. We didn't like I think like I said we didn't make a new country for four. We did five. We, we introduced Germany for five. Uh, but for four, it was the existing countries, but uh, adding all, uh, roots onto them. Uh, and uh, I, I, I quite like that because one of the things you're saying before, you know, you'd have a junction where you'd go off left. And obviously, in in rally three, the right junction didn't do anything, but but and four would turn that right junction into a new route. So it's kind of like you were That's revisiting good. the track the year later. And I yeah. was kind of like that. Like it was kind of made like a more of a connected world. And it, I, I thought it was really cool and. Uh, Yes, yeah, so when it made when it made these tracks, and the artists went and made uh, went went through every texture and kind of made them more, kind of made them dirty or scratched and stuff. And I think it was Sweden the first one that they did. I remember seeing it. And instead of it just being this white, clean snow, it had all like slush and crap and stuff on the floors, all like these black marks everywhere and stuff. It looked really, really cool. And like Greece would have all scratches on the rocks and stuff where the car would bottom out on it and all that sort of thing. And, and I think we started introducing things like weather, like rain and fog and stuff as well, which was cool. So, yeah, we did a lot before. And obviously, four yeah had the network play, so it was a big and loads of loads of more cars. And obviously, that at that point we addressed. I guess one of the criticisms was you could just play the career mode with any car you wanted. You could pick your your Subaru Impreza or your Evo or whatever and take it through your take it through your championship. Having that kind of better options, or better, I suppose, it's subjective, uh, more, more flexible options, we should say. The career mm. mode means yeah. that players can choose the cars they want and get stuck into it that way. I guess just thinking about game development back then, it was a totally different beast. Obviously, um, when you consider how expensive games are to make nowadays, uh, the idea of a yearly release cycle for the likes of Formula 1 is daunting, but I, I don't know, maybe mm. that this could from a naivety on my part, but I imagine there's also more resources that you guys could use nowadays working on Formula 1 and stuff. But thinking back then to like the yearly development cycle, is it a case of identifying those types of bits of feedback? Like, what can we reasonably do within the year? We can add in the career mode with all the cars, that's a, a reasonably simple request. Or is it kind of managing those with some more kind of um, revolutionary things as well? So I guess kind of sum up my waffling is it, is it more like iteration or innovation each year i guess it was kind of iteration it was kind of add but add one try to add one big feature and fix some of the criticisms from the other one uh and it, it, it maybe minor niggles and stuff but yeah it was i guess it was and the same with formula one it, they try to you know, add one or two big features each year then go look at stuff that the community 
liked or disliked or whatever and try and uh, try and address those things so with Colin 3 it was obviously people weren't so big on the the career thing so maybe you know made that more flexible yeah. add more tracks add more cars add more modes add network play all that sort of stuff so yeah I guess with the yearly cycle you it was a uh, yeah you, you do you, obviously you're a very strict time limit but you could always try and add really cool things to it at the same time and I thought we like like I said with the tracks so I thought we did a great job with those with those environments and going back to three and four now and it's like oh yeah you go back in this section and that was before you used to have the lake there and now you go off to a farm and a new forest area or whatever and that sort of thing I thought it was really cool it just made it feel like a bigger world that you're racing I thought, yeah. I thought we pulled that off pretty successfully actually I think it's ironic because nowadays um if you consider like some of the kind of minor criticisms of dirt rally for example nowadays it's like people almost get skeptical about courses sharing similar kind of routes and stuff but like like you're kind of saying paul i've always seen that more as like a world building type thing where it's like it's not as if you would only just have one track in this single route like there would be different variants there would be specific sections mm-hmm. that would be their own kind of super special stages and that type of thing so it's like yeah. it's funny just seeing how perception can change like the development of a game so much and that's i guess that's what makes it difficult being a level designer because you've got to believe in what your kind of philosophy is for making these tracks even if you see feedback like what we're talking about because like you've got to make that call that what you want to do is right and i think we when it comes to track design it's very easy to not think about that because especially nowadays so many games are just reliant on real life tracks and it takes that element out of it. But Codemasters yeah. especially have, have never really shied away from that whole kind of original track um, design side of things. And I, I think for the better, because for every kind of outlandish one like you'd see like Micro Machines V3 or whatever, like racing on the <laughs> breakfast table, you'll sure. have those Finland tracks where you're like, actually, I would rather race in this than real life somehow than the actual WRC track. Right, yeah, it's a bit of personality and it just goes a long way sometimes, doesn't it, I think? Yeah, that, that brings to mind, for me, my favorite stages uh, in, in these games were the Japan Rally, where uh, right, stages yeah. were incredible. Uh, like, and, and so many, like, those, like, weird kind of uh, very, very narrow roads with, with the huge, like, sort of concrete walls on the mm-hmm. side of them. Uh, yeah. But then it'd be an entire stretch for like, you know, a hundred feet, just like a, a really long puddle, long water splash where you would have absolutely no grip. Um, mm-hmm. You had these like weird bridges and things. And like, I honestly like, I, I don't know what the Japanese rally would actually look like. Um, it seemed like that one was a little bit more imaginative uh, than, than probably something that could exist in reality when I think of some sections. But at the same time, like, I don't know. That was really cool. Like those, those are stages I remember because they were just so dazzling. Yeah, uh, cool. and I think using some creative licenses is, is probably good there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Those, uh, those hairpins are amazing. I distinctly remember playing them with a force feedback wheel as well, the GT force wheel. And you get all the, like you're saying, the uh, losing the traction from the rain stuff and going down the hills and going through the fields and stuff at the bottom. Yeah, it was cool. And uh, yeah, it was, I think there was quite a lot of creative license for that one because I don't think the real stage even racing in japan at that time yeah and i think there's been well, some yeah, uh, uh i don't think they're i don't think they're doing the rally japan now i think they were going to mm. but uh it didn't end up happening but yeah it's it's funny how you know playing colin mccray i think back to 
like these set environments I would then expect in every rally game. So like I remember, you know, starting in Australia. I think pretty much like every career in these games you would your first rally would be Australia. Um so that was that was very much like the starter rally to me. And that was always like the very the very bright orange uh dirt with the sun shining off of it. That's right. You know? yeah. Uh and then contrast that to Finland and then obviously you have your snow rally and, and your tarmac rally in Spain. Um it's cool, I think, that, that uh, there's been more branching out as of late, because I feel like for a while it was games would just kind of go for, like, every competing game would kind of go for the same territories. Um, but, yeah, it's... Uh, the stage design was great, and it was, it was cool that it was always being added to, and I think this is an example, like, people always complain about content being carried over and stuff like that you know obviously these are annual releases so that that's just part of it but like you never the stages felt so vast and by by 2005 there were so many of them that like it, it never i don't know it, it never felt like going back to these stages every year was always a treat you know it, it wasn't it wasn't like oh god do this again like why don't they make a new one like it was it it was a good time especially when you saw like the graphical um advancements from year to year because like yeah. like you were saying uh and, and you touched on it like three three was a very pretty game for the time but i remember like four and then oh five like those those were incredible the yeah the, the grass was a lot more detailed i remember and just like those effects and then like in 2005 when you hit a tree and everything would just get all like fuzzy um that's right yeah i don't know if four had that as well but yeah, but by, by the end they were they were such rich, detailed games that were really uh, not that far off of like you know the first the the first uh, crop of uh, three sixty and PS three games, especially yeah, when you throw uh, into their like seven twenty p and HD. Yeah, I think at that point that that it was really optimized. The game was so well, you know, the the car render and stuff was super fast and everything was running really well. So you could and we got new we got new like tools. To, uh, so we could uh, draw only what exactly what the player could see instead of sort of the traditional draw cone. We could draw. We could basically click on the track exactly what we should be drawing or not drawing. That, that gave us all this ability to do all these more effects and stuff like that, like the rain and the fog and stuff like that, which is cool. So yeah, they, they were all stunning looking games. Like I think we had the benefit of drawing one car at a time on the stage. Yeah, it allowed us to do so much more. The, the damage on, on the vehicle and all the. Um, smoke and sparks that would come off the car you know when it's when it's punctured or the suspension's damaged or whatever it was uh, yeah it looked amazing and even looking now playing it on pc uh, the game looks fantastic still but all these years later it still looks really really good it's cool yeah there is um uh hop into a timing send discord if you want to hear about but there's a <laughs> uh thanks to your net archive there are ways that you can you can go revisit 05 on pc um and it's it's uh great <laughs> If, if you ever want to play a you know a, a early two thousands racing game at like hundred and sixty frames per second, you, you can do that now <laughs> with modern technology. Um, but anyway, uh, do do we want to head into some questions from Twitter? Yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah, yeah let's do it. So yeah, we we put uh, up last week or the week before. I honestly forget at this point. It's been so long um, that you were going to be on the show, and <laughs> and some people came in with. Uh, with some pretty good questions. So um, this one I'm going to ask you because you've, you've talked about this a little bit before, but probably not in an episode. Uh, comes from Oriol Gonzalez. Um, 
asks if if there was anything you wanted to add to a game but couldn't i know we talked about that with regard to three um but here is here's a a really good question that I know you have a good answer for. Uh, did you hide anything inside the games, like a texture that was not visible or some rude comments in the code? Now, I know you didn't... I know, Paul, you're a great guy. I could not imagine you hiding a rude comment in code. But I know you I know you put some little, uh, you know, uh, Easter eggs in your stages. That's right, yeah. So we had, uh, like, sheep hiding in uh, inside buildings on some of the Finland tracks. Uh, and so I, I remember, I remember, I was thinking about this. Sometimes we'd put them in the lake. Uh, but QA would always find them, as QA always find these sort of things. Uh, so you had to be quite strategic, strategic about how you'd hide things. So you'd hide things in a in a shed. The shed door would be just slightly open. So unless you're really looking for it, you'd uh, you wouldn't find it. Or you had to drive up to the side of a building so the camera would maybe clip through the building, and then you'd put a sheep inside there. That sort of stuff. <laughs> uh, and my friend. Uh, he, he built the USA tracks and he put a, um, a Bigfoot in one of the tracks. I don't think, yeah. So I was talking to Fernando and he was trying to find these things. And uh, yeah, yeah, I don't think he has so far. But that was, yeah, so that, that sort of stuff. But no no code. I mean, I, I, wasn't, a, I wasn't a programmer anyway, but no. Pe- people would eventually find that sort of stuff. So yeah, we, we didn't do anything like that. <laughs> was there ever an awkward conversation you have with QA where it's like, yeah, the sheep was meant to be in the lake. We put it there <laughs> yeah, for a reason. <laughs> I think it was. And they were like, yeah, you got to take it out because <laughs> <laughs> then they wouldn't be doing their job properly right so uh yeah right. yeah, yeah yeah of course <laughs> that's funny um this, this is a good one because it's something that's so relevant to our industry today uh and, and always has been but uh, hatless crown racing asks what's it like for yearly game development cycle because down the line most of stories i've heard so far about it hasn't gone well for most yeah. developers um you know brendan you were talking about innovation versus iteration yeah uh was th- did you really feel like pressure and stress on the yearly cycle not really i mean i, I-, I was thinking about this question too and at the time i, I loved it it was like right you guys you got another year just go make some more tracks and it was cool you'd come into work every day and you'd you'd make your track you know you build your track for that for the new for the new game and you play your friends of the tracks and stuff it was wicked it was really cool and like I say each year you'd have something new. We added Germany for five, which is a brand new environment. Whilst keeping the existing ones, I think we did. Um, so yeah, I, we lo- I loved it. I mean, I, I, maybe some people don't get on with it, but at the time, I thought it was fantastic. It's good. Bow and arrows asks. This is something I've wondered too because uh, Toka had rallying, which always kind of struck me as strange. Um, but were there any things, <laughs> models, physics, or assets that had to be shared with the Toka series? Uh, what would you wish wasn't shared? I don't know about that, but yeah, w- was there any sort of um, you know collaboration between the teams uh, working on those games? Because I I know there was some crossover in terms of like car models, so I I don't think stages were ever shared or anything like that. Uh, yeah, no, at the time, no. Uh, I think later on when it went to sort of grid and um, and dirt uh, into the, the three sixty PS three three era, things were shared more. But uh, then at that time, no, not at all they're completely separate which is always a surprise to people i think but at the time they were they're quite separate games so yeah nothing we shared at all hmm. um, yeah that is a surprise hmm. yeah fernando asked why did you put so many trees in finland and then <laughs> it's a great question i think that was just uh yeah just because i knew one day i'd meet you fernando and you know maybe you'd hit one of those trees i should drive along <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny too, because like at the time, those games were were very difficult. I I, I was mm. those trees were magnets, right? But today yeah, you yeah. go back and play three, four, and five, and it's like God, the stage, the roads are so wide. 
Like, <laughs> I feel like I'm so much better today because then you go and play like an actually hard rally sim today, like Dirt Rally 2.0, yeah. and I yes. can't, I can't even get through like a six minute stage in that game without crashing. Yeah, com completely different, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. funny that. Isn't it? So, uh, there was one I saw. What were the biggest challenges developing games for the new consoles at that time? Um, you, you were you were talking about the the uh, you know the respective benefits of working with each one. Um, yeah, that was that was a time where the consoles were very different. So was it stressful being like optimizing the game for PS2 versus Xbox or? Uh, I mean, obviously, I'm not a programmer, so I don't that's, know fully, but yeah. but yeah, um, I think it was a challenge to get getting up and running. I think. It it always was, wasn't it, with PlayStation 2 and um, mm. PlayStation 3 especially. It was always quite a challenge, but I think I, I wasn't really ever involved in that sort of things. But gotcha. once, once we got past 3 and went on to 4 and 5, we knew what we were doing, and it was just iterating and iterating. So, and like I said, towards the end of those games, they were so well-optimized, the car renderer was so fast and stuff, and we could, do, could draw so much more on screen at the same time while keeping the frame rate high. But uh, yeah, not, not, I don't know anything specific that was a particular challenge. <laughs> I'm looking. I thought I saw more questions, but oh, here you go. Yeah, yes, <laughs> this is uh, <laughs> this is from uh, Daryl Baxter, a friend of the show who's been on before. <laughs> yeah. Um, where was a hover cheat and jelly cheat from one? Yeah, you guys, you guys had crazy <laughs> cheats. I know it was before your time on the franchise, but That's like, right, yeah. Two, three had some wild ones too. Some vehicles and stuff, right? You had the jet and a tank, I think, and you can a lot of things like the transit van and stuff. But yeah, I guess it didn't. Yeah, it was no, there was no hover cheat and stuff. Uh, yeah, I guess it was just one. It's probably one of those time things. Wanted to get it in, but but didn't, or was never planned. Yeah, they, they were funny. One of them had a UFO, didn't it, as well? I think was that Colin one had a UFO or something. Yeah, something weird oh, like I remember that. that. Yeah. Well, two had you. You could go into like an arcade mode race with like machine guns on your car, shoot <laughs> right. each other, which is was very weird. Um, yeah, it, actually, that brings up a good point because like two, uh, and I, I haven't played much of Comic Cray one, but I always thought it was weird going back to two how it was like there was sort of the circuit arcade mode, like that was um, kind of like a concession to people who were used to the more uh, Gran Turismo rally experience or right. Sega rally or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and even that, that WRC arcade game on the, on the PlayStation, I believe was like that too. And V rally had an element like that, you know, you, you were a level designer. So do you ever remember any discussions about like, you know, we're not going to do that for these games. We're just going to focus on like the, the authentic stage experience. Uh, uh, yeah, I think it yeah. was. That. And I think obviously as I joined midway through three, that probably decision had already been made, but mm. Yeah, it was always just to make it about making the point-to-point -point tracks, but we, we still had the super special stages. The um, that's true. Yeah, the two the two lanes. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, those are good. I I, I miss those mm. from old games, especially like uh, Rally Sport Challenge had some wild super special stages. Like mm. if you go back and play those games, they're it had a bunch of them. I feel like they it, it had like as many super special stages as it did like point-to-point -point tracks. I uh paul i you, you we were talking about this before a show you don't have to feel that if if you want you can give a clue but i, I think <laughs> it is a good question uh carol wojcik asks were there any cars that were planned to appear in these games but got cut before launch uh, uh yeah I, I, there was one i see i seem to remember but obviously I, I won't say what the car was but there was one i remember 
that we wanted, but um, we didn't get. Uh, but then I was looking at the, the car list today. It was cool. Like we had a we had like the Audi Quattro in it, and the old uh, the old Metro and stuff. So we had a really good selection of cars. But yeah, yeah, I do remember the one particular car that we we, we wanted but we didn't get. But. Yeah, um, four, four, especially five. Like you, you had so many cars by then, and uh, so many different, um, you know, classes between the front wheel drive and the Group B and stuff like That's right, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and to go with that too, you had the deeper championship mode, right? Because like the thing about three is that uh, because it, you know, was more limited in terms of content. You know, I understand like oh, you want to drive like the Impreza in the championship mode or whatever, and you can't. But at the same time, like you, there wasn't like a massive selection of Group B. I think there was like the Metro. And I think in terms of like old cars, you had like the Subaru, uh, the 22B Impreza in three, right. but you didn't have a lot of cars. So like one of the things I remember about 2005 is like that, that vast like uh, championship tree that like, I don't think I ever got That's to right, the end yeah. of because there yeah. were so many different events, but there were also so many different categories and that, that was really cool. Yeah, I'd, I'd forgotten about that actually until I played it again, and uh, yeah, that was yeah that was really interesting. That. Yeah, I think I think that unlocked stages as well. I think it actually unlocked more content as you went through, like um, because I was trying to play all my the eight tracks we added for Finland in uh, Rally Five, and uh, yeah, I realised I had to go through the career mode to, to get those. So yeah, that was that was interesting. Yeah, but I'd completely forgotten we added that, <laughs> but it was a long time ago to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> and were you like by by the end of your time on this series uh, were you still level designer or did your role change in any capacity or uh moved to uh sort of handling in when we, when we moved over to dirt on xbox 360 i was i moved into car handling at that point mm. and that was yeah that was the start as level design and then moved sort of kind of halfway through that that, that project to car handling so i was working working with a few guys a couple of guys on that and that was cool gotcha mm. yeah dirt there, there is. I feel like a whole other podcast. Um, but that yeah. game, yeah, I, I don't know. When I when I think about like um, the first dirt, not not my favorite uh, rally game or Colin McRae game, but um, that engine at that time was like uh, you were doing things that Microsoft couldn't do. It was kind of hard to believe. <laughs> it was, I don't know. I don't know what what technical wizards were at Codemasters at that time, but you guys, you guys were doing some crazy stuff. That was yeah, that was cool. Um, I, do, I really remember the first time seeing that on the 360. It was, it was wow. This is such a mass. It's a massive jump from what we had last time. Is yeah. is incredible. I'd never seen trees like that before. The, the car <laughs> damage. The car damage was exceptional. Like even like the the dust behind your car. Um, God, that first that that first game is uh, it's it's one of those things like you think about like in your head because it was at the time like the um, the next gen filter everyone talks about where it's like you had all the bloom lighting and like yeah right. you go back and it is a bit much but like when when there wasn't that sort of reputation for it in hindsight like when you're playing the game for the first time it was mm -hmm. it was a really dazzling uh, experience yeah absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think that's, that's pretty good for questions. Uh, I feel like we covered a lot. Um, Brendan, is there anything, is there anything you want to ask? Any burning questions you still have while we have Paul? No, I think, uh, I think we've kind of covered off pretty much everything. Um, I, I guess just one of the things I was curious about was if you're able to talk about it, of course, um, 
that kind of shift in focus that Dirt brought, was that something that was kind of bubbling up on the surface, going towards the kind of final games in the Colin McRae series, or was it a kind of a eureka moment, more so like someone came up with that idea after 2005 and then it was carried out, or could you kind of feel there was a, a want from the team to pursue something a bit different? I'm not, I'm not sure to be perfectly honest, I think it was maybe making the game more uh, a, a broader appeal, and I think I wanted to sort of uh, be a more appealing to American market, perhaps, which is why why it moved in that direction slightly. But I'm not really sure. I wasn't part of that decision, but that that would be my guess at the time to, sh- to shift the game to be more global, I suppose, to because I guess at the time Colin McRae Rally was a very very popular in Europe, but like like Adam was saying, not so well known in North America. But so I guess that was that that would be my guess on that. I don't have sales in front of me, but but I can speak <laughs> anecdotally. Like Dirt, um, Dirt One was like. It felt like more people were talking about that game more, and I also think it was because it was a, it was truly a technical showcase uh, mm-hmm. for the 360 at that time. Um, and it was almost like it's funny because Dirt One, I would say, was probably right before that sort of mainstream um, extreme sports rallying sort of uh, story kind of came into focus and, and you know rallying became like a feature at the X Games because I remember Collins yeah. the, the car that he drove at the X Games with the, the gold the, WRX the the, yeah the whole yep. time pretzel yeah that's yeah. right yeah. That's, uh, that's in the first dirt and that was really cool um, and they especially like became really special you know after Collins unfortunate passing um, but that I, I feel like dirt one was it almost uh predicated it, it was like it wasn't like extreme sports and rallying kind of merged and then like dirt came out of that like i feel like dirt was ahead of the curve and almost predicted that because yeah you had like guys like travis pastrana and stuff that were featured in the game that were sort of uh like he, he was like he would give you information on the cards and stuff but it still felt like it hit right at that perfect time and i think like dirt one really got the 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 feeling was just right. I feel like Dirt 2 went a little bit too far into the monster energy rabbit hole. Um, but, uh, and, and some people disagree because I know like there are people on the Time Extend uh, Discord who talk about how they really like the trailer interface and stuff like that. Um, right, yeah, that was cool. Yeah. But I don't know. Dirt 1, Dirt 1 to me was like exactly like, it felt like the right game uh, for the right time. And um, I'm just thinking of those menus, like the, the menus are really good. Killmasters was always really good menus back in the day. Yeah, the uh, the white background with the red arrows that kind yep. of went swoosh between the two, the options. Yeah, that was that was wicked. Yeah, was you that was, you that could was swivel really around with the uh, the right stick for like that's the right. Camera. You could sort yeah. of tilt it, couldn't you, a little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah that was really cool. Cool. Well, yeah. I mean, that's uh, basically everything I have. Um, Paul. Uh, Thanks for being on the show as always. Uh, you you are, have you know so much history in this genre. I've worked on so many games that we all appreciate, um, and uh, always always appreciate getting to hear uh, what you have to to offer and and, and shine light on, um, especially when it involves causing Fernando pain. Because <laughs> always always here for that. And, <laughs> yeah, you guys are gonna have to get him on soon to uh, <laughs> to talk about enthusia. Yeah. Yeah, it's getting to that point now. <laughs> I don't think we can't avoid it anymore. We tried to put it off as long as possible, but the enthusiast no more excuses, show, that's right, yeah. The enthusiast show has to happen. Of of course we love Fernando and uh are Absolutely. always 
always thankful to have Fernando in our lives. Um, I feel like if I feel like if you guys were on the show together, it would it would be crazy. I think that would definitely have to be if it was uh, the four of us. That would definitely yep. have to be a, a a podcast where we all had some kind of um, you know alcohol in front of us and <laughs> and just just really just just go full into it. You know, that sounds pretty cool. Fernando yeah, can we should, we should do that. All his frustrations uh, on Finland. And, <laughs> yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, um, thanks, uh, everyone, you know, for listening to the yeah. show again. Um, the one thing I'll say is that, uh, Paul, I'll bring this up too. You uh, organized the, the GT Thursdays in the, um, in the Time Extend Discord, and it's really yeah. cool that you do that. And it's become like the, the best feature of the Discord. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's amazing it's such, look forward to it every every week it's fantastic yeah. yeah yeah so every thursday uh we play uh gran turismo sport for uh maybe between an hour and two hours um unfortunately if uh those of us in the u.s it's like it's it's like right at the end of the workday. so um yeah. sometimes i can't make it <laughs> but i try to um, and we usually we usually have a pretty decent sized group. Uh, so yeah. like, yeah. When when do you guys get on? Like, uh, I don't know what the time we is. Usually going about half past eight, isn't it? That's oh, right. Yeah, usually. half eight, nine o'clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, it's like uh, four o'clock Eastern time, PM or something like that. So, uh, and and if you can't make it for a whole thing, come for part of it. Uh, but it's a it's a really good time and. Um, if you want to, I mean, yeah, you know, obviously we, we organize this through a Discord. Uh, the Time Extend Discord is open to anyone who wants to join. All you have to do is just ask Brendan or I, uh, DM us or DM the Time Extend Twitter account, uh, time underscore extend, if you want to join, and we will just send you send you a link, and we can yeah. all, uh, all play some uh, Gran Turismo together. Cool. So, all right. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening to the show, yeah. and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening, guys. Take your rival, Tennessee, what's up for us? I'll be right!